Who's Bekistan? Where's Bekistan? Why's Bekistan? How's Bekistan? Beck is in Uzbekistan. What's going good and what's going bad? And she's live from Tashkent, Uzbekistan, in the heart of Central Asia. Dun 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 dun! Episode six. Okay, what am I excited about? What am I puzzled by? And how long do I plan to stay? Okay, so I am excited about, uh, some of these may be getting a little repetitive at this point, but uh, but yeah, but I'm, I'm excited for good social opportunities. So last night went with a group of um, sort of mostly Americans, but a few other international people, um, to somebody had a taco night, and then we went out and did karaoke, and... Yeah, just like a big, fun group outing where, you know, we were mostly about the same age. And so that's always good for karaoke if you can go with people who kind of have the same background. You'll like the same stuff. And, um, you know, just had a great time singing and dancing around. And, you know, I'm kind of hoarse today. And, you know, just kind of what a fun time that was. Other than the host, I'm not like really friends with the other people who were there. So it's kind of a night of talking to strangers. But I was happy to be invited. And, you know, just the the excitement and joy of, like, a nice group outing. Today I'm playing pool with uh, a group of people. And so, yeah, that that's one of my favorite things about living here and one of my favorite things about expat life is... It's easier and more frequent to do some big, fun group activities. And I don't want to do that every weekend all the time, always be around, you know, a big group. I mean, I do want some smaller, more intimate social options where we can have a more personal conversation. But why it's exciting to me is it's such a big, big contrast to living in my hometown where... You know, my social life is based around going someplace by myself and then seeing people that I know there. Um, Tashkent is a reservation-based town. If you're going to have karaoke, you got to have a reservation. You're going to play pool, got to have a reservation. You're going to go bowling, got to have a reservation. Lots of restaurants need reservations. So, um, yeah, so like if I'm needing to go do something by myself, that does mean that options are limited. But, but when it's with a group of people and I'm, and I'm included on the invitation, it actually does make for easier planning because people do need to kind of, you know, commit in advance so we can, can book the thing. Um, now the reservations usually only need to be made like, you know, like a day in advance or maybe even a few hours in advance. So it's not like it needs advanced planning, but just a little bit of something penciled in. So, um, yeah. Um, like I said, don't, don't need all of that all the time, but, but I do like it. I do like it some of the time and glad that works out here since it basically rarely, if ever works out that way, you know, at home. So, uh, anyway, that's what I have been excited about is a big full social calendar as we are kind of been in the holiday season here. Um, what am I puzzled by? Boy, this is a controversial one. So... You know, 
I think international education has changed over the years. Historically, you know, there was like, you know, maybe like, I don't know, like one international school in a big international city, and it's where the diplomats' children went to school and other people who were, um, you know, parents had business there. And, and those, that does still exist, but in very, very small quantity. And those were really, really good jobs, really high-paying, really good students, you know, I never experienced that, but what I've, from what I've heard of people who have. Um, but, you know, over the years, as the developing world has developed, really what international education has morphed into is what's called an international school is really just a private school for local wealthy people. Um, and then they hire some foreign teachers and call it an international school. And, you know, I hate to make a, a generalization this broad only based on what I know of China and what I know here. But from what I've seen in the two situations, and then those tend to be um, very poor quality. Very, very poor quality students whose, you know, parents are just wealthy and that it's really about the bottom line of keeping the students there um, so that they'll keep paying the tuition fees. So, you know, kind of the golden era of international teaching in that regard, you know, is a thing of the past. Also, I think, I'm not going to say the name of it because I hate them, but during that era, there was sort of one central recruiting agency who really ran the show on that. And then now, you know, that that's really just jobs are just found through the internet and you know, can kind of, you can kind of make a school look like anything on a website and just sort of makes a lot of in, inauthenticacy. I don't know if that's a word. Makes it very inauthentic what's, what something really is. So, um, and, you know, when things were having to sort of go through one recruiting agency, that was sort of the game. But now, you know, it's just, it's just kind of the wild, wild west. And, and ironically, even though the quality of the jobs has gone down, a lot of people have harder time getting them for reasons I don't understand. And I, I've certainly had those, some of those difficulties as well. So that's the international school piece um, of what I have observed. Maybe others have had different experiences. But... You know, what I'm becoming more aware, aware of now is in the higher education piece of this. So what's, what's happened with higher education internationally? So as a lot of us are aware, American universities have a lot of financial difficulties. And somewhere somebody figured out that if they will just increase their number of international students who can usually pay cash because they're very, very wealthy, that, um, you know, they, can, they have that just as a, huge, as a huge revenue source, you know, without having to change any programming or facilities or whatever, um, but just by, you know, increasing, increasing their international student capacity. At the primary university in my hometown, that has um, <clears throat> this very prestigious. <coughs> the last estimate I heard was had a student population of about seven thousand. 
about 700 of which were Chinese. So, um, I mean, this, and this isn't a major metropolitan area. You know, this is an American city of about 300,000 people. Um, you know, kind of, kind of your standard, you know, high-quality private university. So, um, yeah, what's that about? Okay, so that's one side of it is the influx of international students in American schools, you know, driven a lot by the financial bottom line. But then a lot of universities went the other direction with it and decided to, I mean, I hate to put it this way, but basically just kind of sell their brand, you know, to an international entity. So where I was in China, there was um, a partnership with a Canadian university at the university I was at. The university next door to me had a partnership with a university from Rhode Island. And then big name ones throughout other parts of China that there's um, NYU Shanghai and Duke Kunshan are the, the biggest ones that come to mind. And, you know, I don't, other than the two that I was somewhat familiar with where I was teaching, you know, I have a little bit of knowledge of that. I have no firsthand knowledge of in, uh, NYU Shanghai or Duke Kunshan that I would like to think are higher quality. So there's that sort of piece of it, the, the selling the brand. And then here, you know, that's a, that's a big thing, is having these local universities that have a partnership with a Western university. The school I taught at last year had a partnership with a British university. And I'm trying not to say too much about where I teach currently, but <clears throat> it shares the same passport as myself. Um, and, I mean, just the proliferation of American and British and I don't know whatever all else you know, opening these international campuses. And it just really opens up a lot of ethical debate about what is the quality of instruction being delivered in these international settings. And, you know, does it really meet the standards of the, the, the brand name of the degree that they're getting? You know, is a degree from NYU Shanghai the same as a degree from NYU? You know, was it the same standards? Was it the same quality? Was it implemented in the same way? And I think you can probably see where I'm going with this. So it's like on the one hand, I do think it's good to try to, you know, have some more developed, strong universities with good reputations to, you know, help increase the quality of higher education around the world. But that sounds very altruistic because I have a feeling probably all this is financially driven also. Um, the campus that I am currently teaching at has a lot of worldwide international campuses. And I've been told that the campus I'm at is the only one that's turning a profit. And so then it becomes, well, is this a university or is this a diploma factory? Um, because the students feel a very high sense of entitlement that they've paid their money, they want their piece of paper. And then the question becomes, what went into getting that piece of paper? This is supposedly a Western degree, but, you know, it's really hard to 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 have that be 
what a degree means in this culture and what a degree means in Western culture, you know, are really not the same thing, what the expectations would be to, to get that. And one very concrete example I have of that is it's very common in local culture here and at local universities here to be taught longer, longer, longer is better, better, better. To get a good grade, you have to have it longer. Okay. You can see where that would go something different than my culture. Because in my culture, it's follow the directions, make your point, and then you'll get a high score on the rubric. Where, you know, we've got people being taught, you know, just make a bunch of noise for pages upon pages upon pages. Your teacher probably won't even read it, and then you'll get your high mark, and you paid for the course, and then you'll get your degree because you came up with pages and pages of dribble you know, because that was supposedly it. I mean, that's a big philosophical difference. So, I don't know. I can keep rambling on and on and on about it. But, um, but you know, but I, mean, but, but I mean, maybe it is a higher quality degree than they could have gotten otherwise by comparison. But, yeah, just as we're throwing around all these brand names of these universities with programs implemented in different countries, what... What is that really about? And my strong suspicion is that a lot of that is financially, you know, is financially driven and that, you know, schools are businesses. And, you know, being a person from a public school background, I mean, that that does kind of rub me the wrong way. And, you know, I, I wish there was, I wish there was like a version of public schools, but for higher education where we could kind of even the playing field, and it wasn't about being a diploma factory. So, anyway, that's a little bit of what's on my mind this morning. So, how long do I plan to stay? In just over a week, I'll be heading to the States for a short Christmas uh, vacation. Then, God willing, God willing, God willing, you know, I'll be back here, you know, for for second semester. So, um... Excited about all these, you know, wonderful, communal, fun, group social outings. Puzzled by the state of international education. And just hoping to keep rolling here in year three. Whoever you are, wherever you're listening. Maybe you're in Ardmore. Maybe you're in Central North Carolina. Maybe you're in Washington State. Maybe you're here in Tashkent. I don't know, but if this is useful or entertaining to you in any way, I'm glad that you're listening. Okay, signing off for this week.